Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Jennifer and Wendy Show on this Friday, March the 1st. We're so happy to have you along with us. Morning, Wendy. Good Wendy's morning. back. Connor McCarthy is here. Good morning, Connor. Good morning. And the World Bank's Missouri text line is open at 84126. And it's Friday, so of course... We will chat with Lynn Venhouse at 11.08 at the movies. Aikajachi will join us from ABC News later in this hour. But we, we just found out before we went on the air that our dear friend, Bob Heil of Belleville, passed away on February 28th. He had fought cancer. You know about Bob. He grew up in Marissa, Illinois. He invented the talk box. We're sitting in front of microphones designed by Bob Heil. And our condolences go out to the family. Um you know, I, I just talked to Bob, I guess right around Christmas or after Christmas, and I had thought he was doing better. Uh, amateur radio operator, and we saw a photo of him with Joe Walsh, who visited him when the Eagles were here on tour. Yeah, and it sounded like that was a that was a very recent. Was that within the last month? Yes, so, I believe so. And Bob, of he course, looked <laughs> he wonderful. Looked, he looked great. Uh, the times I did speak to him, he seemed very upbeat. Um, and, you know, he was an amateur radio operator all of his life and always pointed out to us how important ham radio operators were. Joe Walsh of the Eagles is one, too. And so Bob Heil used to say he spent 45 minutes every morning with his ham radio operators, and Joe Walsh was one of those. But, oh, my, Bob Heil, what a loss. Um, and on Facebook, his daughter Julie Heil posted this, but in lieu of flowers, memorial contributions can be made to Shriners Children St. Louis or the American Radio Relay League, Education Technology Fund, and if it you know if you Google Bob Heil, this will come up. It's so sad. So what sad. a great life. But you know why do we? I, I think we always have to remember that we say so sad for right. ourselves. Yes. You know we are thrilled that he is no longer in any pain or discomfort. We are in agony for his family and yes. all of the people who are grieving and loving, uh, loving the memories and. Um, but it is, isn't it amazing how we, oh, we're we, so sad for him. No, we're, no, so, we're for always his, sad yes. for ourselves. So sad for ourselves and our family. And Bob Heil was 83 years old and he passed away peacefully, surrounded by his family at Belleville Memorial Hospital on February the 28th. Because he had a great life. He had mm-hmm. a great life. And um, my my recollections of him, my earliest recollections were based on his relationship, his friendship with Bob and Ree Hardy. And Bob had been an Air Force radio tech before he got into radio. Those of you who remember Bob Hardy, obviously he, he's been gone since 1993. So uh, that's that's quite a while. But I'm wondering now um, if some of the cobwebs are clearing and Bob Heil and Bob Hardy were in the Moolah Temple together the the shrine if they were in the shrine mm-hmm. together because a lot of uh, a lot of men in that day and age and time uh they did a lot of philanthropic work through the shrine right. so um i seem to remember that maybe there was that connection as well but just a a, a giant in the recording industry yes and you know the peter frampton what was it called talk box. the talk box okay yeah, you just mentioned that right and um, the microphones and the, you know, just the touring and the 
the technical side of it. He was a genius, but he could – geniuses are often hard to follow when they're talking about technical things. But he really kind of humanized all that high-tech stuff, and that's he, why he was high-tech Heil. He did, and you might remember Bob Hiles told the story many times where he began – performing the Willitzer Theater Organ at the Fabulous Box in St. Louis when he was only 15 years old. He also collected cars for a while. And his wife, Sarah, and Sarah, we are so sorry. But Sarah loved driving fast cars. And Bob would say, yeah, she's got a lead foot, all right. And (laughs) she looked good in those cars. So our condolences to the Heil family. Bob Heil passed away, 83 years old, the day before yesterday. Oh, he will be missed. And people on the Royal Banks of Missouri text line are already saying from the 618, Bob Heil was always so kind when we would stop at his store in Fairview Heights. He talked to you like you were just one of his people. Yep. Mary Lynn says we need to establish a scholarship in his honor. Uh, He is at peace. It's a big loss for the Lou. From 314, so sorry to hear about Bob Heil. Our condolences to the family. He was a very special person. Boy, he sure was. And I always loved his blue suede loafers. <laughs> yeah, he and he even came out to the uh to our Lady of Snows. Um Yes, he did, right, with for, the mayor for one we of the there. broadcasts with uh Mayor Patty Leonard. So this is this is tough as everybody is is receiving this news today. So uh if you would like to chime in and and send your condolences to the family through the text line. You know, you can do that at 84126. It was just about a year and a half ago when he played the organ for Mark and me when we went to their house because he had one in his little ham radio studio where he used to keep all his cars. And, you know, he was so good. He just performed at the Lincoln Theater a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, Bob Heil will be missed, 84126. We'll take a short break here. I want to tell you about one of the locally owned businesses that supports KTRS, and that is Rick and Carol Gross with their business, Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery. And they're located inside the West County Phillips 66 station. So if you're out and about driving around today around Clay 141, you might want to stop into Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery. It's such a great local business, Rick and Carol Gross are so nice, and you really notice that with the staff. They're efficient and friendly, and they seem like they're happy to be there. You'll smell the smoker when you pull into Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery, which is the West County Phillips 66 station. Pulled pork, chicken, or brisket. The newest item on the menu is sirloin steak wrap with Swiss cheese and sriracha sauce on one side for twelve ninety nine. Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery. You can also go in the convenience store and turn to your right, and you'll see a whole baker's rack of delicious individually prepared desserts to go home. If you are interested in ordering online, go to 3baybbqandbakery.com or you can give them a call, 636-227-1208. And Rick or Carol or their staff will bring it out to your car if you want to do curbside or you can stop in and have a fast, casual lunch. 3baybbqandbakery.com. If you do stop in, please tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you. We are going to switch gears here, though. We would love to hear from you on the Royal Banks of Missouri text line 84126. We lost Bob Heil February the 28th. As you know, he was in Peter Frampton's wedding, and he developed the talk box, gave it to him as a wedding gift. Bob Heil will be missed. A couple of things we want to remind you of. On Boomers this weekend, Wendy, 
you and Derek are talking about. We're going to talk. Well, we're silly. We'll be talking I, we'll about. Be, we'll be silly. I can, <laughs> I can tell you that because that just seems to be what happens whenever we're together. But we do talk about we're, we're going to look at the biggest surprises when it comes to retirement because Derek is 10 years older than I am and he is still working. And I am 60, almost 63. So, you know, you can do the math. But people are working longer. There's there is no doubt about that. And so it sort of got you and you and I to thinking about people who have retired because the the thought of retirement is something that's sort of, you know, it's it's bewitching to all of us. The minute we get our first paycheck, it's like, oh, my God, only 45 more years or only 50 more years or whatever. So what was the what what was the most difficult transition for you when you retired? What was the most unexpected um you know benefit to retirement? Something that you didn't even think about enjoying that you have you've come to enjoy. But I think there probably have to be a lot of lessons out there, probably a million lessons out there. And if you want to share them with people who are, you know, on the it's, cusp. it's getting it's it's getting it's getting closer and closer. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Eight four one two six. Yes, advice or whatever surprised you in a good way or a bad way. I have never been one of those. Oh, only forty five more years. I, I am somewhat afraid of it, and you know, I'm afraid I would become a lazy person and sit around and do nothing. Now I have retired from the news business and I thought I've got to get out of here before I'm 60. I'm not going to die here. I can't take these long hours and weird hours. I'm too old uh, to take it. But our good friend Karen Foss told us you can't just retire from something. You have to retire to something. And when we've talked about this with Joe Holloman on the air, he's like, you know, I don't have any hobbies. I'm a newsman. I like to write. I like what I do. What would I do in retirement? And I yeah. kind of wonder how do you all, uh, what was your experience? Well, and I think, you know, it's, it's, there have to be just the, the really the two camps, and it is kind of black and white. The people who really love what they do, and I consider myself one of those people, you are one of those people. Um, there are a lot of those folks, and so the thought of giving up something that you love mm -hmm. so much, mm -hmm. then it's completely different. The people who are racing toward the finish line because, you know, maybe it's been okay, but not great, you get that too. I understand that too, but what? which was it for you? Um, just a lot, of, a lot of interesting questions on a Friday, and I just can't believe that it's March the 1st. I know. And sometimes... <laughs> Isn't it true that like the coldest month can be March? Yes, and I remember, of course, we all do. Snow falls in April. Oh, they don't last yes, long. Yes, they know, and they're always heavy and wet, but still, you know, it it, it can happen. Uh, from the 314, retirement is the most wonderful thing as long as you keep yourself busy doing what you enjoy. Golf, pickleball, small consulting job on the side. And yes, we've all known people who retired from careers that maybe they enjoyed or were stressful or they just got older, and then they picked up retirement jobs. I know someone who was a CNN executive, and all he ever really wanted, like his hobby life, was to fix things. So his wind-down job was at Home Depot, and he loved it because he always wanted to do that. So he retired from this CNN executive job to, to do that. 
Oh, I guess Don Rogers is officially retiring today from – is that right? Is, 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 was March 1st his – According to one of our Roger Wigginton, um, Don Rogers oh, is Roger the name Wigginton, of the store, but right. Ro- yeah, Roger Wigginton is the uh, the name of the gentleman who is retiring, and he's been a great great friend. <clears throat> he sure uh, to has KTRS. I don't know if this person is joking, but from the three one four, I started woodworking when I retired. I'm down to six fingers, but I'm loving it. It sounds I, like they probably are. I hope you're a careful woodworker. It sounds like they are woodworking. Yeah, a table saw. With my grace, I just that I would lose some digits. There's there's no doubt about. It. Oh, look at this! I retired four <laughs> years ago. I miss it every day. I enjoy my life now, but I really miss the challenges and the people. And this this goes back to something that is a recurring theme on this show. We have a lot of those. Tra- the importance of transitioning. Yes. Do we give our there's there's a name for it. It was in the Daily Coach and I can't it's not a pro, it's not proctoring or something but that's I'll a, That's a newsletter we get that's free that we highly recommend. I'll find it, but it's like we as as human beings there's something in our nature that we just don't account for the amount of time it takes to transition from one thing into another. And I saw this early in my career at the place up the dial. Engineers would retire and die shortly after they retired. You hear stories like that. You really do. What is that about? I don't know. That's what I mean. I think I think people have unrealistic expectations thinking today I'm closing out my 45, 48-year career and then tomorrow I'm going to be a different person. That's just we're – not, we're not built that way. Mm-hmm. We're not built that way. When – I think my father was kind of forced into retirement, and he worked for a company called Brush Wellman. So when my parents retired, uh, <laughs> they went off on a sailboat adventure for two years. See, I and love left. that. There was one son living at home, so my and my uncle Lou. Uh, so my brother and uncle Lou lived in their house, and then three other medical students moved in with my brother. And they had a ball for two years living in my parents' house. The only reason my parents came home was that said brother <laughs> graduated from med school and was getting married. So they couldn't leave Uncle Lou there in the house. Right. All the students were graduating. We're getting such a, a oh, terrific yeah, response. Um, did you know that if you say rabbit, rabbit on the first day of March, it brings you good luck? I only know that because of Sarah, Sarah Jeff- Jessica Parker. What is rabbit, rabbit? I it's see that on her post all the time, and I have no idea what it means. She always whispers. It's the first thing you're supposed to say on the first day of a new month. Rabbit, rabbit. And it brings you good luck. I always wondered but didn't have the fortitude to look it up. Uh, I worked at Lowe's, and it was my dream job. I've always been a hardware store junkie. I might go back to that. Mary Lynn. We did not know that, Mary Lynn. She's a Renaissance woman for sure. Yes, she is. Uh, Um, Good morning. Oh, rabbit, rabbit. I would like to retire. Oh, I don't want to say who you are when we know where you work. (laughs) My retirement, says someone from the 314, has been digging out of my house for all the things that got put on hold. Time for good sleep and time for hobbies. I love that. Now, Don Marsh gave it all up and continued writing into his retirement. He sounds like he made the right decision. Well, Don Marsh is a prolific writer. He is. He keeps publishing books. Karen Foss is a painter. And Karen said to us recently, I'm not going to downsize anymore. I have messy hobbies. She is a painter, among other things. Well, and yesterday when we were talking about keeping a keeping your house clean when your kids are gone and maybe you have too much house, how many of you have decided to downsize? And because 
this is, I would rather leave empty closets. That's actually what I want to do. I think there are two people, there are two kinds of people. There are the people who clean up the campground when -hmm. it's time to go to the big whatever. Um, And then there are people who don't. My mother was not, yeah, my mother was absolutely, she was here for the party. She was not there for the cleanup. And and there are a lot of people like that. I mean, I think that might have even been an entire generation. So Maybe so. And then they say, our kids don't want our stuff. Those of us in this age group who have children. When you think about it, that's kind of offensive. (laughs) Why don't they want our stuff? I realize it's totally out of fashion. But I thought it was sacred once upon a time. And now to find out that it isn't is very difficult. It's like, what do you mean you don't want the bath mats from right. 1996 well, that were brand new? I was looking at some magazines about decorating and oh. maximalism and yes. cottagecore. Yes. And what was the other thing? English. Countryside. Con- English yeah. Manor. And I realized, and of course, I received a plant as a gift and that just started. I relapsed. I mean, that just started. I was in Costco the other day in Costco and they have these huge palm trees for $30. And I'm like, I really want four. But am I going to be able to lift four and then drive the, you know, take the cart out to my car? So I only got one. What what were you going to do with four? Like be a maximalist, have a jungle in my condo, (laughs) find every window there is and cover it. I mean, you could put it out on. Oh, okay. Because I was like, you're not that huge. That's pretty big. <laughs> and they drink I mean, a lot of water. Yeah. Which reminds me, Connor, how are your houseplants doing? Uh, they're still alive. Uh, I remembered to water them last night. So there we go. Good. How and often do you need to water them? It depends on the plants. I'm at maybe once a week. It, the, my palm trees need every two days. See, it this depends on okay. the plant. So if, I mean, you're never going to retire. That's already been established. But you could have like a dual... 1-800 hotline. You could teach people how to say butter and then you could teach. Pe- no, <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm listen. Sure there's a big demand for no. this. <laughs> and, and, but you could teach people how to take care of their plants because what you told me about the orchid that Julie and Carol Buck sent when my mother passed away has kept that orchid alive. I don't know enough. I just read. No, but that's, I mean, but there are many experts about it. And the thing about retiring but we want easy answers. I know. And you could, you know, you could absolutely do that. I, I always think at this age, well, I'm older than Wendy. I'll be 70. If I do retire, that's it. There's no work. There's no more so work. So you're not going to, there's not going to be any side hustle. I mean, I don't think it's even possible. I, I don't think people would want to hire somebody at that age. I Carol P. from the 314 says, I downsized from a house to an apartment three years ago. It was so difficult. Yeah. And I'm so glad it's behind me. Um, from the 314, I'll turn 62 next week. I'm thinking about what to do if I decide to retire. As long as I can still do my work, why should I leave? I am well paid. And, you know, I think the people who are still working – they love what they do. Mm-hmm. They love what they do. And, and how do you tell them to retire? Right. If they want to, they'll stay. My right. good friend, Jean, who you all have heard me talk about, will be 96 next this month. And she doesn't mind me saying this, but when she retired, which was pretty much to help take care of her husband, um, she and her husband volunteered and Jean volunteered for over 20 years. 
at a hospital doing hand massages for people in the cancer ward. She also volunteered with me at the APA, and we took dogs around to nursery schools and senior communities. And she could have run the program, the, the job that I had to recruit volunteers and take them out. So it's a big question, 84126. We want to continue to hear from you about your retirement, your downsizing, the pros and the cons. The biggest surprises, you yes. know, whether they were whether they were positive surprises or even something that you really wish that you had known about. I've talked to a couple of people who retired and they said, well, I retired and then renovated my house or my condo. And good for them. But, you know, that takes some research and the Better Business Bureau can help you. This is a great resource for consumers, also for business owners. But one of the things you can do is go to their website, bbb.org, and you can get project estimates from reputable businesses so you'll have an idea of what a fair price is even before you start shopping around that is great if you're looking for a company you can trust you can start by going to their website the mission at better business bureau is to create an ethical workplace and their staff works really hard to maintain this list of businesses and brands and even charities that you can trust and they'll work with you too maybe you came across a business that doesn't seem trustworthy, you can report a scam, you can file a complaint, you can post a review, and the Better Business Bureau will help you with all of this. Uh, Even if it just sounds like a scam, you can report it to them. Let them do the investigating. That's what they do best. Give them a call if you're interested, 314-645-3300. That's the Better Business Bureau, 314-645-3300. Or check them out online, bbb.org. Welcome back on this Friday, March the 1st. The World Bank's Missouri text line is going nuts, 84126. Apropos of absolutely nothing, because uh, today we are remembering uh, and and just being grateful for the gift of Bob Heil, not only uh, to the world of music, but to this, to this region. And Joe Walsh, um, if you have never, and I know people get probably so tired of hearing me talk about the history of the Eagles, if you've never watched that four-hour documentary, it is worth every second. But you can't come away from that without acknowledging that Joe Walsh was probably one of the things that kept the Eagles from just blowing apart completely. His He is such a good soul, and you just see that. Every time they interview him in that documentary, you can just see somebody and they he would probably be the first one to say they saved his lives, his life, because they got him into rehab at a time when, you know, he really wasn't invested in living anymore. But they so it's just a it's a a, a great reminder of Bob Hiles, dear friend, Joe Walsh. And that documentary we watched at your suggestion, and it is fantastic. So good. Um, Back to some of your texts. I was a dental hygienist for 46 years. I loved my patients, but retirement for me was the gift of time to travel, play golf, and be a volunteer at a food pantry. And I did notice when I worked at the APA for three years, people would come to me right out of retirement and say, I'm not sure what I want to do. And so they would volunteer with the APA and take dogs to nursery schools and classes, nursery schools all over the area um, or senior communities. And then after about three months... Some would drop out and say, I found my groove in retirement, and others would stay for years. 
From the 636, this is uh, from Diane Tanucci, and it is recycling. I am not sure. No, I don't think we've read this. May I suggest that retiring and just lying on the beach for the rest of your long life may not in the long run be as enjoyable as you thought. It has been my experience that keeping my mind active has been the key to keeping my optimistic attitude and overall health. Do something purposeful and enjoyable and you will be far happier than catching up on all the Netflix series that you thought you wanted to catch up on. Volunteering at our history museum has been my savior. Just a thought. From your neighbor, Diane Tanucci. And our good friend, Dan Dillon, who worked at Channel 4 for many years and has written several books, also volunteers at the Missouri History Museum. Yeah, I think a lot of people, be, and I think that's what Karen was telling us a couple of weeks ago, is you just have to think of something that you love, something that maybe you've always wanted to have the time to, you know, to be involved in, but you, you just haven't. And that's a good place to start. And I like this one, too, from the 314. I loved my job and made good money. It was time to give someone else a chance. And that is something about mentoring. You know, it's nice to see the next generation come up no matter what business you're in. And because you do have some degree of institutional knowledge after being in a job for 20 or 30 years, for a lot of people, it's really nice to be able to pass that along to the people coming up. I'm in my early 70s and work a before and after school program. Did you read this one? I don't think so. Plan on working as long as I can keep up with the kids. They make me laugh. And I I mean, I know that Oasis and there are other programs where they put teenagers together with With older people. And that sounds wonderful. Or if you like little children, we've had Oasis on where they have a reading program and the retiree or the volunteer, is matched with one grade school age child. And they see that same child once a week in the classroom to help them learn to read. So you're in the safe place with teachers around, but you're developing a grandchild type of relationship just by helping that same child read uh, once a week. Until you're outsourced at 48, you'll never understand panic. Now I'm 65, and I believe she's saying I'm a female. I've been there. So, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 is that is panic. And everyone should spend a couple of hours a week volunteering instead of sitting at home complaining about everything. That from the three one four, there there is something about volunteering that is ends up being so so great for the person who is volunteering and the person or nonprofit it gives, you, gives you purpose. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And I guess that's one of the things. Have you all found that that as long as you have purpose in your retirement and you know what your place is in the world, then it's good. But I think for people who have identified solely as their job, you know, maybe those are the people who have a more difficult time, like the people, we've all heard these stories, people who retire and then they die of a heart attack. Did they wait too long to retire or was it just just not good for them? Um One of the sponsors of our show is McKnight Place Assisted Living and Memory Care, and it's part of the Gatesworth community. And we're sitting here talking about transitions. (laughs) This is a transition that is usually good for the person involved, but difficult. There are many senior communities owned by large national companies, but McKnight Place Assisted Living and Memory Care 
is locally owned, and that's so important. Because if you have a loved one who goes into a memory care or assisted living, they're going to need your help and the help of the people running the community. And at McKnight Place, local people care about St. Louis. They do so very much. Uh, McKnight Place Assisted Living, they have luxury apartments ranging in size from large suites to two-bedroom apartments with a range of options for square footage. Now, each unit includes beautiful crown molding and wood-style flooring, Kitchens with custom wood cabinets and granite countertops, full-size refrigerators, spacious bathrooms, large, beautiful windows providing lots of natural light, and nine-foot ceilings. And maybe this is the time of life when you move into McKnight Place Assisted Living and Memory Care that you don't want to have to deal with the hassle if your wireless internet goes out. They'll take care of it. They'll take care of social and learning opportunities. All your utilities are included high-def channels of satellite TV. So they really try to put everything in place, including all kinds of social activities like a happy hour four times a week with music. We always focus on the happy hour. We do, but when you move in, they will help you make friends and help you make the transition. So they invite you to explore more at McKnight Place. They are also so happy to send you more information. And you can join their waiting list so you don't miss an opportunity to live an active and connected and joyful lifestyle. So call Leslie Kelly or Gretchen today to schedule that tour at 314-993-3333. Tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you and you will receive a special offer. Thank you for all your comments on the Royal Banks, Missouri text line 84126. Um, Somebody said finding the volunteering places can be a real challenge. Uh, because most people want to find them close to home. Somebody else from the 314 said, volunteer at the Y. They have a Y tutoring program where you can meet with children at a local library, and they're always looking for mentors and tutors. And any nonprofit, any nonprofit usually has a need for volunteers. I do agree with you. You have to find something close to home to make it easy for you, especially if you're meeting with a child or any anywhere. You know, there are a lot of people who don't want to drive across town for a volunteer job. From the 314, my biggest frustration with being retired after a 30-year career in education was people asking me, what do you do all day? I finally learned to say anything I want. You, isn't that incredible? But, would... says this texter, I often mused, would that question be posed to a man after a long career? I think not. I'm widowed. I have the full responsibility of maintenance of my house, finances, kids, et cetera. That's another full-time job. Oh, listen. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I'm, I am in big, big trouble. I'm in big trouble because I would not have the first clue about when to start, where to start when it comes to maintenance. Well, Honestly. Oh, no, neither would I. Can you imagine how quickly our house would just probably go up in flames? <laughs> I mean, I think with maintenance, one either knows what's one doing, oh. what one is doing or not. I do not know. Hey, it's uh, coming up on 1050, so let's check in real quickly with Ike Jachi from ABC News in Washington uh, to see if we are averting a government shutdown. Happy Friday, Ike. Thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure. Happy Friday to you, too. So they did it? Guess what? They did it. Kind of. Kind of, kind of, kind of. You know what it is? It's essentially what we're seeing right now is something House Speaker Mike Johnson said he would never do again. And that is essentially uh, voting for a stopgap. 
so this isn't really a, a fully averted shutdown. This just essentially gives Congress another week to work on this. So on Thursday, late last night, uh, the Senate and the House, they passed a short-term funding bill that averts that partial government shutdown that was expected tonight. Now, essentially what this does is you have a deal on these first six bills. Uh, so there's 12 appropriations bills that essentially run our government. And this new deal that was reached last night gives Congress another week to try to deal with the first six bills. And then that another week after that, which is March 22nd, or two rather, for the remaining six. <clears throat> so the first six will include the Department of Agriculture, Commerce, Energy, Interior, Justice, and Transportation in the VA. Uh, that's what the lawmakers right now need to work on to fund by March 8th. The second set of appropriations bills, that's defense, financial services, uh, homeland security, things of that nature, those will need to be worked on and finished by March 22nd. So President Biden, he already comments on the progress, saying it's, while it's good for Americans, it's a short-term fix, not a long-term solution. So now Congress, they have another week to get their act together and see if they can actually fund the government for the entire 2024 fiscal year. When did we first learn about government, potential government shutdowns? It seems like a fairly uh, recent phenomenon, Ike, doesn't it? Well, it is. And quite frankly, it's never really been weaponized the way that we're seeing right now, uh, really, since the this Biden administration. Uh, it was always just Congress, they approve something and you send it through. And that's how this process ever has always been. But ever since House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, uh, if you remember, uh, they started using it as a bargaining chip, uh, the House Republicans. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are right now, essentially. You're seeing them try to attach so many things, where it's border security, funding for Ukraine, Israel, things that essentially right now, as we're seeing, uh, not everybody agrees on. So because of that, we're having, we're having the essential uh, uh, duties of government, you know, the, uh, your WIC, uh, you know, all these social services be put at risk because now a process that was essentially, uh, you know, just a stamp and a go has turned into this contentious battle over who gets what and what gets funded. When it, quite frankly, like you said, it's never really used to be this way. You must find yourself in the position as a reporter on Capitol Hill covering politics surprised when things do work out. I mean, there's no crazy? such thing anymore, right, Ike? <laughs> right, right. It really shouldn't be that way. But, you know, you see somebody cross the street now, and you're all of a sudden clapping and jumping for joy. <laughs> That's how much the dysfunction is over here. But, again, this, you now have another week, and come March 7th, hopefully, we won't be saying exactly what we're saying again today. Well, we will check in with you again. Ike Ajachi from ABC News in Washington, and you can hear Ike throughout the day here on the Big 550. Ike, have a good weekend. Thanks, Ike. You, you too. Take care. And uh, back to the Royal Banks, Missouri text line. I retired and have now enjoyed true relaxation and travel. I'm eager to volunteer at the USO. My husband and son were Navy officers. My maternal side is calling to me to provide comfort to the military, sacrificing so much for our freedom. So there's another volunteer job. What's your favorite volunteer job? Because some of our texters are asking, where do you find them? What would I like doing? So maybe you'll have some suggestions. And it's not as easy as apparently some of us think it is. No. It's just sort of walking in the door and saying, I'm here. Point me in the direction that right. you want me to, you know, be of assistance in. And is it something you would enjoy? I have some friends who tried out several volunteer jobs, and it was never really a match. And so they kind of gave up. 
But, oh, <laughs> from the 314, when you retire, it's time to dance. Guess who? Joe Dancer. <laughs> you know, the Salvation Army's Midtown Rehab Center offers a second chance for men struggling with addiction. They do such a great job. And, of course, we all contribute to the red kettles over the holidays. But at the Midtown Rehab Center, men can live and work and take part in a faith-based therapy program for free for six months. These are veterans. These are athletes, people from all walks of life fighting addiction. And the Salvation Army's Midtown Rehab Center is helping. Now, we can all help merely by shopping at the Salvation Army Thrift Store. They have half a dozen of them. It's a great way to do shopping. And one of the things Wendy and I learned when we did our show there is that at the end of every season, the Salvation Army folks go to all the big box stores who want to clear their shelves of inventory, brand new tags on. Salvation Army buys it. They wait for a year and then they sell it. So we're coming up on spring and summer. You'd be surprised what you will find at the Salvation Army Thrift Store's brand new tags on greatly reduced prices. It's a great way to shop and help a good cause. The Salvation Army's mission is doing the most good, and that's all you have to do is shop, or you can donate. The Salvation Army is always looking for clothing, household goods, if you're downsizing, or even a car or a truck. For more information, just go online to satruck.org. That's satruck.org. And if you know a woman who is struggling with addiction, you can still go to the Salvation Army And although their Midtown Center is just for men, they will help you find a place. Also in the Royal Banks, Missouri text line, local AARP websites have volunteer opportunities listed there. This is very helpful if you're unable to find something. This sounds like um, this sounds like my husband. If I can find this, it was wake up, have coffee, read paper, go to the gym, have lunch. I could see becoming a gym rat or a granny nanny. Just one little problem. I have to get my niece and her husband and their two little kids to move to town. Well, you could just let the cat out of that bag. <laughs> I've already told her. Oh, good. Here's my lifelong dream. <laughs> of course, we all have dreams and we do not realize them. Got it. But you have to dream, right? Oh. She lives in Chicago. I'm like, I'm sure your husband can find a high-paying job here in St. Louis, and you can move here. And here's your child care and for free. I'm Mary Poppins, <laughs> right? Just add water. Now, is it bad that I've never raised children and probably don't know what the heck I'm there doing? There is a learning curve, but <laughs> you're, if you yeah, if you decide to do it, I have no doubt you I'll will call be you spectacular. Or 911. Or Mark <laughs> has raised children. No, not 911. No, not 911. Uh, we'd love to hear from you in the Royal Banks of Missouri text line 84126. About your suggestions for volunteering for retirement. And what surprised you? Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I think that's always so helpful. I mean, you and I have said a thousand times, if we could ban one book, it would be Cinderella. Yes. Because that was the way generations were raised to believe, you know, about marriage. Right. A a man will save you. A woman will save you. All you need is a pair of glass slippers and you're going to live happily ever after. And so, yeah, I think, I think... Finding out what the reality, as opposed to what the fantasy of retirement is, would be really helpful. Coming up, top of the hour news with Steve Potter and more from ABC. We'll be back with the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show. And we'll, Lynn Benhouse will take us to the movies. Stay with us. This is the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis. 
Miller Furniture, St. Louis's home for American-made furniture presents Lynn Venhouse Goes to the Movies with Jennifer and Wendy on the Big 550 KTRS. We are so happy to have Lynn Venhouse here as we do every Friday and we are thankful to Miller Furniture for it and Lynn has brought along a friend, Chris Miller. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. And Chris, can you get a little closer to the microphone and tell our listeners which part of the Miller family you are? Oh, well, I am married to Linwood Miller, Mark's dad. Uh, My father-in-law was Les Miller, the one we like to talk about as the baseball player and played with the Detroit Tigers in the World Series. And Mark is my middle child. Well, so. <laughs> before we get to the movies, I mean, Wendy and I both have recently gotten furniture oh, from Miller right. Furniture, and I just can't. Just the other day, my significant other said, I love how our living room looks now. Oh. Anything going on right now at Miller Furniture that we should tell our listeners about before we get to the movies? Well, not right now, except mattresses are good because, you know, we're all indoors still. So uh, having a good night's sleep is is tantamount to a better life. But I thought we would talk, to, since Chris is here, about one of the things that sets Miller Furniture apart is their employees and their customer service. And how uh, if you go online, you will read all these glowing reviews, and they recognize employees every month. And Rebecca... Yes, I Rebecca. believe she just won the big sales champ award. That's so tell awesome. me, tell me about um, uh, the employees. Well, we we find them in all ways and uh, have thorough interviews and and feel that they like to communicate and serve people. When people walk into our store, we try to just listen. Is our first. I've heard my son tell that to to the staff. Listen first. Try to direct. And then let it grow from there. Lead conversations and people enjoy finding out what they want, you know, being able to say it the nicely. Thing, the thing that really surprised mm-hmm. me is about about Rebecca was how thorough her knowledge. Oh, yes. And that's what is so refreshing yes. when you go to Miller Furniture because once upon a time, everybody that you would deal with in customer service had a thorough knowledge of the business, the 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 merchandise, and, and that kind of thing. And that's not always the case oh, anymore. I'm glad you brought that up because I was just in the store, I think, Tuesday. My husband, he's um, he's retired, but he's still a consultant. And, <laughs> I love and he that. Does, yeah, he, we call him the consultant, and he does um, – doing little favors. So we were picking up some little end tables for him to take to Ellisville. And we were at Fairview. And I was chatting with the gals. And one of them that very morning had been to Springfield, Illinois, to see the Bemco um, factory and watch a bed getting made from beginning to end. And she knew all about it then. And she asked the right questions when she was in Springfield. So those little field trips to our local, you know, Springfield, hour and a half away. That's just great, you know. So she learned a lot that day, and she could pass it on to the customers. And one other thing about Miller Furniture, and then we'll get to the movies, there's no pressure. Mm -mm. So when we went into the Fairview Heights warehouse, they're like, oh, here's what you you want. Okay, look around. Take your time. And then come back and get us if there's anything you see that you want. So you're just free to look, and you don't feel pressured at all by a salesperson. Chris Miller, so glad to have you here. Love to be here. Thank you. She has fans on the text line. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I 
I'm great not. to hear Chris on the radio. <laughs> That's got to be Judy. Oh, <laughs> Lynn, tell us about Dune Part 2. Okay, this is the big blockbuster of the year so far, and we need it because the box office has been rather tepid, and they had pushed it back from November, but I'm so glad because it is epic in scope. It's a triumph in the visual department, but also storytelling because the first one I was overwhelmed because I didn't read the book and if you didn't read the book and you think oh how am I going to understand this so the first one was a little they couldn't quite manage the splendor with the story but this one I feel is complete I feel that this is the second half of the book and the mythology holds. And I think there's plenty of intimate moments in with this spectacle. But there are visuals in this movie that are absolutely breathtaking. And I saw it in the IMAX, very loud, very grand. And it just is is beautiful to watch. It's two hours and 46 minutes. But I didn't really feel antsy like I do in some of these. Mm-hmm. I felt very riveted by the story and there's a lot of sand. A lot of sand. <laughs> okay. A lot of sand. <laughs> you know, you're watching you're watching a lot of blowing sand, you know. But this cast, okay, Timothy Chalamet is the son who needs to become what his father wanted him to be very quickly. And he rises to that, which I think is a great story. Plus, the camera loves him. And Zendaya is also, camera loves her, and they fall in love. And so there's a whole love story there. And then Austin Butler is going to blow everyone away as the villain. He plays this diabolical psychopath. Oh, you can't recognize him. What a brilliant move, though. I mean, from, from a career standpoint. Right, right, because he, uh, you know, Elvis, Oscar nominee, Golden Globe winner, and then he does Masters of the Air, and then this. Well, he, he did this right after Elvis, and he has no eyebrows. He has a bald cap. He has this menacing look. Denny Villeneuve, the director, he said to him, it's... Uh, Think of a, like, a you know, dictator, cruel despot mixed with Mick Jagger. <laughs> wow. Now, Lynn, just to clarify, Dune Part 2, which is at theaters, is it necessary to have seen Dune Part 1? I don't think so, but uh, it does help. It does help with the houses because this is an interstellar world of different planets. It's in the... It's, what is it, 2049 or 2065? I can't remember, really. But the first one, that's what I was like. I was like, well, what planet are we on and where are we going? Because I sometimes wonder that daily. I, 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 I'm wondering all the time, yeah. You know. And then I watched Dune again, the, the, the movie again, and it made more sense. But you really feel um, Oscar Isaac as the owner because this family, the tra- the Trades, they have been massacred. And so they whisk off Timothy Chalamet's character, Paula Trades, and his mother. And they're the survivors. And they're on this desert wasteland planet, but it has this spice 
that everybody craves. Zendaya, so I think Zendaya. <laughs> yeah, and I think well, I think what you can do is read up on what the first one oh, okay. was. It was on uh, it was on Max and it was cuz it's the Warner Brothers and it was on Netflix, but I think because of this movie they've pulled it. Okay, so read about Dune part 1 and then you can see Dune part 2 at local theaters today. Now let's move on to your recommendation for a streaming pick. Yesterday? Yes, and Chris just told me she loves that movie. So I'm so happy to hear that. It was made in 2019, and it's a Richard Curtis movie, and I love his movies. Four Weddings and a Funeral, Love Actually, About Time. And so this. Did he do Notting Hill? Yes. Okay. Notting Hill. Is this a rom com yesterday? Yeah, Lily James is in it, and Hamish Patel, who has been uh, on a bunch of uh, streaming things. He was in that Eleven. There's something with Eleven. It's about Shakespeare. I don't know what the name. Do you know the name of it? There's so many shows. There's so many TV series, but he's very good. He's this failed musician, and he's writing home one night, and there's this glitch in the universe, and suddenly the Beatles never existed. And being Ooh. a being a musician, he's like, what? So he starts playing Beatles songs, and everybody <laughs> goes crazy. So he has built this career on playing Beatles songs oh, that everybody thinks this. are. Yeah, this and is yesterday. This is streaming. Do we know what platform or just it is? It, it out? is on Netflix. Netflix has started putting a, a bunch of old movies like Fried Green Tomatoes is on there now, and they're putting all these. And I recommend this highly. Kate McKinnon is hilarious in I it. I think I saw this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 okay. and Ed Sheeran. Yes. Wow. I have not seen it. Okay, this is yesterday, and it's on Netflix. Also, Lynn wants to tell us about All of Us Strangers on Hulu. Yes, it quietly just showed up, and that is the movie that was number 11 on my list this year, (laughs) and that's the one with uh, Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal and Jamie Bell and Claire Foy as this guy who is – whose parents were killed in a car accident when he was almost 12. And he's kind of shut himself off from the world and his holiday time. And he is writing about his parents, but he's stuck because he's a screenwriter. And he try- so he goes back to his childhood home, and there's his parents inside. They're ghosts, but they're like having Christmas. Wow. And he gets to revisit his parents. as And it's it's so beautifully done and overwhelmingly emotionally devastating but it's it's very well done it's just it's gonna hit you Mm, be prepared be prepared because it's gonna like especially if you have loss in your family so this is all of us strangers and it is on hulu on peacock is something lynn watched called pathological the lies of joran vandersloot Yes, he, he is the guy who. Uh, well, he, he was. He's from the Netherlands, but he lived in Aruba, mm-hmm. and Joran, Joran, um, and he was the one who was the last person seen with Natalie Holloway in two thousand five when she was on that tri- uh, school trip to Aruba, and uh, you know he always said he was in this innocent. And the Holloways, uh, he extorted them for money. He said, I tell you where the body is if you give me this much money. Well, in the meantime, five years to the day that she disappeared, he killed a a girl in Peru, Stephanie Flores. And they had him on camera. They had him at this casino. 
they had his, his hotel room had blood on in it, so he, they nailed him for that one mm-hmm. because the Natalie Holloway one was uh, never not really as, solved, yeah, right? not as cut and dried. And so this is the families. The families, oh, it's just so chilling. He's such a sleaze bag. He's he was besides being a sociopath, he was a pathological liar. Mm-hmm. Now, is pathological a documentary or yes. a true crime drama? It's a documentary. Okay. It's, it's 90 minutes. 90 minutes, and it's on Peacock. Okay, Wonka is now available on DVD and video on demand, but you say it will be streaming on Max starting March the 8th. March the 8th, so you get you get a double dose of Timmy Chalamet. He's really... I could watch his commercials just back to back to back to back. He is, he is a beautiful he is man. well you know i got to talk to him uh in uh, 2018 before the movie beautiful boy we had a q and a at the high point and so i was hit the q and a you're his best and, friend i mean we can say and that and i will say he had the most beautiful skin he's very nice very polite he was very tired cuz he was filming uh, little women, but he was still polite, and he's really good with the fans. And afterwards, I thought it was going to be trampled to death because we opened <laughs> because the door. I was between him and the girls, <laughs> and they just mobbed him. And we have this really great picture. Jim Tudor, our president of St. Louis Film Critics, took of him surrounded by all these fans, uh, autographing. Uh, whatever, and that big shell of uh, the big Amico sign is behind him. Oh, so it's kind of it's kind of fun. But he and and Nick Chef came, and if you watch, um, there's all this pu- this all this press tour with him and Hugh Grant. Austin and Bu- it's oh, Hugh hilarious. Grant with with if you go to YouTube and you plug in. Hugh Grant and Timothy Chalamet. It's really funny. Yeah. Oh, Hugh Grant is cracking him up, and he's trying so hard not to laugh. <laughs> and Hugh Grant steals Wonka as he the, Oompa, the Loompa. Oompa Loompa. He he is such a oh, treasure. So funny. Well, this uh, for the for the Dune two, Austin Butler, Zendaya, Timothy Chalamet, and Florence Pugh have been making the circuit. And if you go and see their interview with Jimmy Kimmel, it's pretty funny. And they all, I don't know about Florence, but they were all child uh, stars. Like, they showed a clip of Austin Butler uh, when he and Zendaya were in Teen Vogue in 2012. And he had just started the Carrie Diaries on CW. Remember that? So Zendaya was his Disney channel kids and so was austin butler so look at him now right but they but he's just i mean he's mind-blowing in this and there's javier bardem and there's josh brolin and uh christopher walken is new as the emperor and florence Pugh plays his daughter the savvy princess so i think you'll understand it if you if you uh Go in it as the high stakes. There's something to be said about a messiah. They think Paul Atreides is the messiah and about the religious and political implications of just following a person blindly because you think they're the messiah. And this, you're, you're referring to Dune. Dune 2. Yeah. So you don't yeah. need yeah. to okay. watch the first one no. to watch and right. enjoy no. the second one. I, okay. think, I think it's fine as long as you know that they were all killed in the first one. Right. Okay. Everybody's okay. dead. And um, Wonka's DVD and video starting on Max, March the 8th. Quickly, uh, Spaceman on Netflix. Thumbs up, some thumbs down. I, I don't know. Um, it starts today and it's one of Adam Sandler's deals with Netflix and you know, it's a drama. 
It's a drama. And he did Hustle, which we like so much, and and and, and, uh, and Uncut Gems. And it's Carrie Mulligan plays his pregnant wife on Earth, and he's in space. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. But it just dropped today. They didn't get. They don't usually give us the Adam Sandler movies ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So well, we'll, we'll see. Lynn Venhouse, thank you for taking us to the movies. And Chris Miller, one thing on our World Banks Missouri text line. Pass on to Chris. This is from June Benedict. I'm a big fan of oh, Miller Furniture. And a friend from years ago. Oh, absolutely. How oh, nice. <laughs> Just very, very, very quickly. Company. If people, and, and I have heard this from several people, what do people need to know who have never seen it before, who are going in thinking that it is just South Pacific? And this is at the Fabulous yeah, Fox. Yeah, this is oh, at the, March Fox. the 10th. Oh, yeah. No, in 1970, it was groundbreaking because it took musical theater uh, into a new direction. Concept. Which is, yeah, which is all, it was nonlinear. It was vignettes. It was about marriage and divorce. And in 1970, you know what it was like. Yep. So they have updated it. And change the female lead. Uh, change the lead instead of a bachelor at thirty-five. It's a female at thirty-five, and all that stuff about there's so much society pressure. But I like the way they updated it, and I've seen it in all its different forms. And when I first heard this a couple of years ago, I was like, "What? They change it to a female?" So uh, we saw opening night, Wendy. We saw the understudy. That's what Maggie was telling me because I didn't realize that because we, you know, we got in, we sat down, and we and we were just enthralled. Um, George Firth and Stephen Sondheim. George Firth wrote the the book. Um, Steve, they did not want it to be experimented. They did not want it to be experimented with. So it's 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 interesting because I agree with you. I thought this adaptation was amazing, um, this version. But there are people who don't know what it's about who are going to walk in and think it's like South Pacific and it's, it's not. Oh, it's not. It's not a linear story. No. And uh, the lady next to me uh, said, I've never, I, I, what is it about? And I said, well, marriage and divorce and different couples of the, they're, they're friends. The married couples are friends with the single person and they're all given advice to right. a single person because that's what people do. <laughs> yes, Bobby, and, Bobby, and 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 yeah, Bobby, and this Bobby, is Bobby. their life. But I just thought that music is it's just it's one of Sondheim's best scores. It's so beautiful. But I get it because at intermission, some people had left because they weren't they were confused, paired for it. But it is it, it was nominated in 1970. It was nominated for 14 Tonys and won six, and it's considered a landmark. And that song, "Being Alive," if you know anything. That'll just get you. But then that, you know, uh, just the whole thing. I just loved how they changed everything. I thought it was so smart. But Sondheim, before he died, worked on this. The director is this famous woman, Marion Ellison, and she's won four Tonys. War Horse, Curious uh, Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, and something else. She's a genius. How she, she did genius. that moving, all the set. And I, 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 I just, still, and I can't figure out how they did the set. It, it's just spectacular and then how they have all these people coming in and out of your life like they're buttoning in your life you know Howling, like they're laughing there and they change the 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 couple the the couple that gets married they change it to a same-sex couple and that guy jamie was hilarious this, and this is the company yes, yes. or rather so, company so, at the yeah, fabulous Fox. I, would, I would think just go to youtube and see clips of the songs and that just read a little hundred, bit about it yeah because, yeah. yeah it's sort of like uh, hamilton you you do you do need to know a little bit about it before you you go in. It's very New York. Very, okay. very much. In the 70s. 
in the 70s. Lynn Venhouse, Chris Miller, thank you so much for taking us to the movies, and we'll see you in a week. Chris, you're welcome back anytime. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Enjoyed it. And your fan club. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just a reminder, tomorrow on the Big 550 at 3 p.m., tomorrow, Saturday, you can listen to Keep What's Yours. And that is a radio show with Jeff Zufall from Capital Advisory Group and Josh Gilbert from The Heidi Glau Show. Here we are, March 1st. You may be thinking about taxes. In fact, you may be panicking about taxes. But here's the deal about Capital Advisory Group. If you become a client, they will stick with you throughout the year. And then this time rolls around and you won't have to panic about your taxes. You'll be well prepared. The radio show is called Keep What's Yours because Jeff Zufall wrote a book, Keep What's Yours, Amazon bestseller, especially designed for the small business owner so that that person can keep their hard-earned dollars in their pocket and not overpay Uncle Sam. And yes, people do that. Jeff had some new clients who came to him and said, I overpaid Uncle Sam. And so what he did was refile their taxes and was able to recoup money for some of his clients. If you're interested in becoming a client, 636 394 5524. You can look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com, or get to know Jeff Zufall by listening in every Saturday at 3 to keep what's yours right here on the Big 550. Jennifer and Wendy, Song of the Day. And I write the song on the Big 550. KTRS. Well, here's a group that's new to me, but it has been an important American rock band since 2001. I just had never heard of them. The song is It's a Symptom of Being Human by Shinedown. Stone Temple Pilots, Otis Redding, Pink Floyd, Iron Maiden, Etta James, Ella Fitzgerald were their influences. But it's always fun. I, I don't keep up with music radio, so it's always fun to learn about a band that's been popular for 20 years, but new to me. I, yeah, I was I was mystified when you said Shinedown? Shinedown. Shinedown. Mm-hmm. Um, I and do... Mark was like, what? I I like them. I hear them all the time. I just did not know. I do have a quote. There is no love without forgiveness, and there is no forgiveness without love from someone named Bryant McGill. Maybe he's a member of Shinedown, (laughs) since we haven't heard from them. Yes, maybe he is. Hey, we want to tell you about St. Louis County Library. We're so happy to have them sponsoring our show. And I'm about to tell you about something new at the library. Keep in mind, you already know this. I'm not exactly tech savvy, but St. Louis County Library has a new initiative Uh, And what they say is they're trying to address digital equity. So they just started this September 28th. They are offering bookable Wi-Fi hotspots. It's a little device that you can check out, adults, if you have a valid St. Louis County Library card. You reserve this hotspot for a specific period of time. Now, why would a bookable hotspot, a little device, and they show a picture of it, why would it be good for you? Well, it's perfect for accessing the Internet 
while you're traveling, perhaps, maybe you're in St. Louis traveling, or for an online job interview, or you're going out of town for a certain period of time, exams, or you're moving to a new home. Bookable hotspots can be reserved up to a year in advance, and you can check out this device. And I had to look at the picture because I didn't know what it was. You can check it out for 21 days if you have your library card. And really, St. Louis County Library is all about making life more accessible uh, because so many of us rely on the library. It's such a valuable resource in every community here in St. Louis County. So they just want to make sure that you have every opportunity to be connected. And uh, Jennifer and I are both so excited about their library of things. Think about this because we all want our children to know what life is like when they're not holding their phone. So they have come up with a library of things. It's a unique collection of non-traditional library materials, including musical instruments or fishing equipment, games and kits and puzzles, and so much more, all available to check out for free with your library card. St. Louis County Library also offers help to entrepreneurs with startups and small businesses. You can use your library card and access free databases so you can learn all about market research. You can explore explore grants and learn marketing basics. And a lot of young people or older people starting their businesses need help with that. All it takes is a library card. So if you haven't been to the library lately, maybe this is your year to check it out and renew your card. For more info, just go to slcl.org. I was just reading about health and fitness and how what we do in our 60s prepares us for, if we're lucky enough to live into our 80s, how healthy and mobile we will be in our 80s. And I'm sure you've seen all over the Internet the sit-to-stand test. Apparently, this was developed by Brazilian researchers. And one of the challenges is to start cross-legged on the floor and stand up without using your hands. That's not happening. That's not happening. Yeah, right. not without some EMTs Right. Nearby. Some people can get to their knees and then stand up. But here's right. a more realistic one. You're sitting in a chair at home, an armchair. And so every day when you stand up, you should do so without the use of your arms. Just get yourself up off the chair without using your arms to push you off. And there is a sit-to-stand challenge somewhere on the, it's a 30-second sit-to-stand test. How many times should you be able to do that in a 30-second period? And they say if you're 60 to 64, you should, men should be able to get up off their chair, sit back down. So it's basically like you're touching your butt to the chair, you're doing squats. But a man 60 to 64 should be able to do 14 of those. Uh, and a woman, maybe a little less. But one thing we should all be aware of, because we'll need this later in life, just when you get up off your chair, don't use your hands or your arms to push you up off the chair. As far as the sitting cross-legged, crisscross applesauce, and go from that to standing, I don't know too many people, at least in our age group, Wendy, who are able to do that. But I decided I tried that it. while I we were talking about it that I would try getting it. Oh, she did it, it was, immediately. Yeah, I was like, oh. What if I fall? <laughs> no, it's a really, really good thing because, you, you know, we have to worry about flexibility and joint mobility as we get older. And you'd be surprised if you don't do these things in your 60s. They say, and I believe it, that you will feel it in your 80s and you will not be as mobile. I I could not agree more. 
Um, because what, what I think is so surprising, and when you have these conversations with people who talk about, now, when are you getting your knee replaced? When are you getting uh-huh. your hip replaced? What did people do before that? I I and mean, I, honestly, I think it's it's miraculous what they can do because you're right. At this age, we usually oh. know people, oh, especially yeah. athletes. You know, so here are people who were extremely athletic and competitive in their 20s and 30s and 40s, and maybe it's the overuse that causes them to need it. So it's just fantastic um, what hip replacements and knee replacements can do. But I, I was reading in Men's Health magazine, magazine that they say by age 75, most of us if we live that long, we'll see a significant reduction in muscle mass and physical activity level. And so these age-related declines will happen. But have you ever been in the gym and seen people in their 70s and 80s who are working out like they're 20 years younger? And I think this is just something because they've done it all their lives, they continue to do it well. And doctors are studying, there's an MD, Peter uh, Atia, A-T-T-I-A, he has this podcast, The Drive, and he's written a book, and he, he wrote this article in Men's Health Magazine about this is what we need to do in your 60s. And it can be as easy as what Wendy just said. You're sitting in your chair now. Don't fall. Don't hurt yourself. Use your hands if you have to. But try getting up without using your hands on the armrest. And when you think about how that feels and how good that is for certain muscles. You feel your squats you and your feel, hamstrings. Sure, You're sure. using your lower body. And look at it this way. You have grandchildren, you want to get on the floor and play with them, you want to be able to carry one up the steps, that takes some strength. <laughs> it, it absolutely takes strength. Um, and there's there's nothing more terrifying for me than than walking up and down the stairs with our holding our grandchildren. And so I beg Chris every time he has the babies in his arms because when I go up and down – I hold on to the handrail I, for dear life. I do too because I'm when Nora was like 25 pounds or something. That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah, but and I'm having you know I think a lot of us start to get a little bit of vertigo going. Mm-hmm. You know where you start to have those moments where suddenly, huh? Okay, and that is something that is I think very very common. So yeah, I'm going to hang on to that staircase uh, for for dear life. This guy, Peter Atia, says strength, stability, and cardio. Those are the three pillars of fitness as we age. Maybe younger, too, but here we are, all of us, most of you listening. Uh, those are three things to remember. And as easy as wherever you're sitting right now, can you do it? Sit up without using your arms. And, you know, something else that we were talking about this morning in the office is the the folks that our our grandparents, um, they, you know, my grandmother worked, she was just a very physical person. She was overweight, but she was a very physical person. There were people, um, she called herself pleasingly plump because that's what what women did back then. It was just so cute. She was like Mrs. Claus. But there are a lot of people, and back in the day, they never worked out. They were just active. Mm-hmm. We have to build working out into absolutely because we're our in front lives of screens. Because, we sit. Sitting right? is the new smoking. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's another thing. I, I was just reading about the most physically demanding jobs in America. And yesterday, or maybe a couple days ago, Connor and Joe Holliman and I were talking. They were talking about physical jobs 
that they had as kids. But what would you guess is the most physically demanding job in America? Not only that, and I'm a person losing my hearing, it's a job where you need to be able to hear, uh, and they give a certain distance, that you have to hear speech from a distance, and it's the most physically demanding job in America. No idea. Firefighters. Oh, well, sure. Mm-hmm. Look at what they have. Look what they carry on their right. backs. And that was, you know, one of the things I think uh, all of the, the 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 footage that we we all saw from 9-11, that while other people were pouring out of the buildings, the firefighters had all of that equipment and they were going up the staircases right. with that equipment. It's unbelievable. Yes, they're required to heft a maximum weight of 126 pounds. And those of you who are gym goers, there's this one piece of equipment. And when I used to visit fire stations all the time as part of my job, uh, they had stair climbers. They all have gyms because they have to stay in shape. But there's this one piece of equipment called Jacob's Ladder. And it's basically like instead of a treadmill, it's a ladder on an incline. And you have to sort of strap your leg in so you don't fall off. It scares me. And it's difficult. Uh, other jobs where they have to lift, ambulance drivers and attendants. Oh, yeah. They say except for EMTs. But I don't know. EMTs is on here, too. Paramedics, police, sheriff. Morticians, undertakers, funeral arrangers, bus and truck mechanics, diesel engine specialists, heating, air conditioning, refrigeration mechanics. And I have an acquaintance who's in HVAC, and he said he's, you know, he's beginning to feel it as he gets into his 50s. Electrical power line installers and repairers. These are all heavy duty. Uh, From the 314... Moderation, and most importantly, keep weight down. Obesity is the number one cause of knee and hip stress. Somebody else, and I really do want to repeat this text, if I can find it, because this is so true. The number one job, and I'll try to find it here in the text line. Uh, Every job pales compared to that of a soldier Mm -hmm. from the 314. Yes, indeed. Amen. Nursing. Yeah, nursing Mm -hmm. from the 573. Somebody else says, I try not to lean on a shopping cart. Good point. Wendy and I are always trying to remind one another, sit up straight. Sit up straight. Hold in your core, sit up straight. Because uh, over time, you start, when you're not thinking, when you're not aware or focused on it, you you can start to curl. You feel yourself, Uh you feel your shoulders almost like starting to to curl. Somebody said roofers. And that's another thing. Do you mm. ever it's like these the the people who take the trees down. We had we had a crew of guys taking trees down. I could not look. I said to Chris, I said their mothers have to be dead because they could not oh. possibly know what their sons or I mean these were all men. I'm sure there are women who take the trees down as well, but the roofers on the really steep pitches. Oh, I don't know. In the in heat. July. Yeah, I do not know mm-hmm. how they do that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are faced with this, you'll know. Finding the right memory care community for a loved one can be daunting. It really takes a village of experts to run a good memory care community. And we're so lucky here in St. Louis to have Park Provence as part of the Gatesworth communities. And it's located in Creve Core near Olive and 270. And we have uh, we have also been just honored is the word uh, to get to interview Dr. David Carr. He is the medical director there. He's a professor at Washington University School of Medicine, 
and the Director of Clinical Services for the University's Division of Geriatrics and Gerontology, a nationally recognized and respected expert in the field of memory care. So uh, when you talk about um, under the very watchful eye, you can't put your loved one into more capable hands than Dr. Carr. They are also led by a team of medically trained professionals. And Jennifer and I can tell you firsthand how important that uh, that staff-to-resident ratio is in the industry, and they have the highest staff-to-resident ratio in the industry for both daytime and evening shifts. And, you know, when somebody's afflicted with Alzheimer's or dementia, it, it affects the whole family, and friends are affected too. There are a lot of important and sometimes difficult decisions that you'll have to make about daily living and long-term care, and Park Provence can help you. They have five interconnected households on the property, and the households are made up of people who have similar abilities and care requirements, and they have, you know, it's secure, but they have a consistent routine, and that's what we learn is so important for people with Alzheimer's and dementia to have a routine, and then as a loved one or a caregiver, you meet them where they are. So call Andrew or Michaela at 314-542-2500. You can learn more. You can schedule a tour if you like. If you tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you, you'll receive a special offer. A couple of programming notes here. Uh, Bill Bradley, former football player and coach, and he was the subject of a Sunday morning piece, will be with Heidi. The pride of Crystal City. This afternoon. The pride of Crystal City. He was a basketball player. Oh, I'm sorry. Basketball player. <laughs> I'm, and I'm then, true to form, he's, he's right? He's in the Basketball Hall, Hall of Fame, fame right. actually. And yes. then Richard Lewis, uh, John Carney, had an opportunity to speak through the great Richard Lewis and uh, anybody who watches Curb Your Enthusiasm knew that something was going on health-wise. Uh, but he passed away this week. And he was just – I always had um, Richard Lewis and Gary Shandling. Like, you know, there are some people who are contemporaries, and you just kind of associate them with mm-hmm. with one another. Gary Shandling, I think we lost several years ago, quite a while ago. Um, but, yeah, Richard Lewis just this week. So stay tuned to The Carney Show and they will be uh, replaying that conversation. Something else that I have not watched in such a long time, but if you want a great and just completely clean laugh, because so many of the comedians mm. are fabulous, but you can't watch them in mixed company. Here and Now was the Ellen DeGeneres. It was, I think it was after her sort of time in exile but it's just that classic Ellen DeGeneres observational humor, and it's streaming now. I believe it's on Netflix. Is it new or something? No, it's she from did. 2014. Oh. I mean, it's a it's a, it's a it's an old special, but it is so brilliant. It's so brilliant uh, because she's such a gifted comedian when it comes to everything that is universal between all of us. I know there was a time when Heidi went to her show and got a chance to interview her. And said how really, really nervous she was. Um, and when Bill Bradley was the subject of a piece on Sunday morning, what an amazing man. And it's never too late to start something new. I think you'll learn that. Thank you for all your comments on the Royal Banks, Missouri text line, 84126. Somebody just joining us said they they did hear the news that our good friend uh, Bob Heil passed away. So Thank you for all your condolences online. John Carney, Julie Buck up next, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. Just to have a laugh or sing a song.